Welcome back to another episode of What a Beautiful Podcast. That's right, Andy's here. He's leading it off. It's a crazy, bold new world we're living in in this post Diamond is Unbreakable existence. How are you, Jack? Oh, I'm great. Welcome back, as in, like, they just finished listening to episode 28 and they're just rolling right into episode 29. That's the way you do it. Oh, yeah, obviously. This is definitely the kind of show you could binge listen to. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. how, just, how are how are we holding up in this uh, no no diamond is not crash world? It was hard, man. Friday was rough. I was like looking at some it's Friday memes, and I was like, but it's not <laughs> Friday anymore. So it's like not Friday until there's anime on Fridays. Ah, uh, it was hard, man. Uh, yeah. Part, part 5, 2017, fingers crossed, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm feeling pretty good about, like, a like a February announcement and, like, spring season start, like, feeling uh, pretty... I don't think we'll we're see. gonna... I don't we'll think see. we're gonna go a whole... I don't think there's gonna be no Jojo in 2017. I don't think it's gonna roll like that. Oh, no, we'll definitely get Jojo in 2017. I'm just not thinking that, that early in 2017, but... I've been wrong before, Lord knows. You you have been all. wrong plenty of times, Jackie boy. So uh, plenty. Mm. <laughs> Let, let's 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 move on to uh, to uh, some good good content today, because we're we're going back into Stardust Crusaders, um, right at the start of like the whole uh, the whole journey, the whole uh, road to Egypt arc, I guess you could call it, like the anime did it. Yeah. And, uh, and the chapter we're picking up on is 122, leaving towards Egypt, which uh, mm-hmm. which opens with uh, Avdol uh, just staring into space, like totally zoned out. And this Kakyo- looks like an album cover. <laughs> yeah, Kakyo- <laughs> it's like giving him this like, I don't know if he's like staring at Avdol or just also looking into space, and the both of them are just kind of like there. Yeah, like... Also, Abdul usually looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh character, but Kakyoin especially looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh character in this cover page. <laughs> he kind of looks like, like Seto Kaiba got a different fashion sense. Oh god, he looks <laughs> looks like a really shitty Seto Kaiba. <laughs> oh man. So where we last left our heroes, uh, Holly was overtaken by her stand, which was uh, pulled into being because Dio got a stand because he got shot with the bow and arrow. Retcon, retcon, retcon. The Who stand cares? which Avdol refers to as that thorny plant stand. I, I really like this because when I was rereading this, I had my cursor in exactly the right place to have it say overtaken by that horny, horny plant, plant stand. stand. God damn it. And I was like, oh man, this is perfect. A lot of good Kakyoin faces already on these early, uh, on these first couple of pages here. Yeah, because he's not <laughs> saying anything. He's just like reacting. Just... <laughs> Barely. <laughs> just like, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> So they're talking how they got to get to Egypt, and they're taking care of Holly. And there's a scene here that's kind of weird <laughs> between Joey and Holly. Like, I, it, it's cute, but it's also like, oh, all right, it's kind of okay. What oh. Joey being weird? Big shock. Oh, uh, I mean, you got me there. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> He does look really nice with his yellow shirt and his uh, purple suspenders and tie tucked into his waistband. Like, good looking. Good looking, Joey. I like to think that maybe Holly is just like, do you think he just like sheltered her way too much and like, he's just like a horrible dad? (laughs) He was probably like an overbearing dad, but he probably wasn't home a whole lot because he was like a real estate magnet. And, like, all that, magnate, whichever. This this is just, like, a fucked up family, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can you can preface JoJo's Bizarre Adventure with just, like, this That could be the subtitle, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the story of a fucked up family. <laughs> <laughs> More or less. And uh, they, they get Holly to rest and relax, because she passes out again, because... The horny plant stand is just too much for her to take right now. Um, and they're trying not to worry her because they're good, good uh, grandfather and, or, yeah, fa- father and grandson. And son. But whatever. <laughs> you alright there, Jack? Two... 
have like a little stroke there, sorry. <laughs> and these two Yu-Gi-Oh characters just standing beside, and Kakyoin really wants to bang Holly. <laughs> like, <laughs> goddamn. Abdul and Kakyoin just looks like they wandered into the wrong manga. Yeah, they're from a different <laughs> manga. They're from like uh, a game about, just like a dice manga, and it's all about dice. <laughs> and Kakyoin's like the mid-boss. Oh, man. And then we get the iconic panel that really doesn't have any lead-up. It's just Abdul saying, yes, it's time. And then the let's go. Which, uh, in color, it kind of loses some of its impact. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I always thought that this panel just, like, they all look uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, Joey is, like, <laughs> looking off to the side. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, someone asked them to take a, get together and take a picture, and then they wanted to take a picture, so they just kind of, like, stood there like, uh... <laughs> Who's taking the picture? <laughs> it's Holly. Um, and then we get another, uh, another big uh, later retcon scene where Dio uses Hermit Purple to see uh, the Joe stars and what they're up to. And this never happens again. Nope. And... Yeah, it was like even more glanced over in in the anime adaptation, but like this oh, is yeah. this is like very blatant. Like he's using Hermit Purple, and it's like it's been like uh, I guess like a head of the fan base that that Hermit Purple is like related to the it's like related to the Joe Star family, and because he has Jonathan Joe Star's body, he can use Hermit Purple. But like that's yeah. like we've talked it, about this before, and it continues to be kind of a reach. I don't know. I like that theory, but, like, it's still kind of a reach. <laughs> yeah, f- forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> and we see their plane itinerary was just like, whew, that, that's, a, that's a big plane ride. All the way to Cairo, where Dio is. And they're in the plane. They're just uh, taking a nice, like, uh, A&A flight to Cairo. And, Did they uh, have giant jetliners like this in the late 80s? I don't know if this oh, is really yeah. a thing yet. No, this was the golden age of air travel. I guess so. I just like I get. I mean, I guess I don't really know my my history of technology <laughs> perfectly, but I never really associated giant ass jetliners with the eighties. Yeah, and that's why there's like this big ass TV in the front because like technology didn't exist yet for small screens. Oh uh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, with like no pomp and circumstance, immediately there's a stand in here, <laughs> like. <laughs> It's like, all right, guys, we're in here. It's 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 time to go. <laughs> yeah, and what this stand is is a big bug, and it's really gross. Yeah, it's <laughs> not good. Especially in color. Um, and what this bug likes to do is rip out tongues, <laughs> mm. and it tries to do that to Jorts immediately. Just like get behind him, just crawl right on up, and we we're treated. To uh, that good old Iraqi, like, biomechanical horror drawing again. Like, this is basically his xenomorph drawing here. Right. Because the beetle, beetle gets right up on Jorts, uh, sticks out a weird grasper tongue thing, and tries to, like, rip out Jotaro's tongue. And you think Star Platinum just, like, punches it. No, it's faster than Star Platinum. And this is never brought up ever again, because nothing is faster than Star Yeah, Platinum. and I always thought it was funny how, like, Star Platinum is supposed to be the fastest stand, and the first, other than Kakyoin, the first enemy stand that they fight is faster than Star Platinum. I don't know if Araki yeah. really thought that one through. Kind of making nah. your main, kind of making your main character look like a bitch. Like, <laughs> a little like bit. right at the front. <laughs> yeah, but Star Platinum does some hardcore stuff, because, uh... After after the beetle like launches out this weird like, uh, also gotta mention thing. this one panel of just Star Platinum's oh. mouth. <laughs> oh yeah, the, like <laughs> it looks like an '80s comic book. Yeah, almost. like like ugh, just very well emoted. Like Star Platinum's hair and like he, you can see his nose. Like it it's really well drawn. I I like this side of Star Platinum because we really never see a close up of him. And then we move on to the, ne- to the next chapter, 123, uh, Tower of Grey, which yeah, is... That's, that's the bug's name. Yeah, so that's the stand name, and the, this cover is just... This, the Star Platinum just looks horrified. Yeah, I mean, it's been alive for, like, three days, and it just doesn't want any of this. Because <laughs> <laughs> the beetle shot out its proboscis, like, 
at Jotaro's face, and it went through Star Platinum's hand, which means it went through Jotaro's hand, and Star Platinum bit down before it could uh, get to the, get to that juicy tongue meat, and <laughs> tries to like do a nice aura aura on it, but eh, it just flies away. It's fine, whatever. Like, what, come on. I love how like. It has this like panel of like, of the bug with the tarot card behind it. Tower yeah. of Grey. Tower of Grey. God. Like the whole tar- tarot card thing, like, doesn't last throughout. No, all but like when it does, three. though, it gets driven in so hard. Like, Iraqi definitely meant the tarot card connection to be way more important. But then he realized <laughs> yeah. that he was gonna run out of tarot cards real fast. He ran out of tarot cards. And, like, trying to have each of the stands relate to the meaning of their tarot cards meant that he, like, wrote himself into a pretty small box. Yeah, like, I totally see where he was going with it, but, like, sure. I don't... The, it's, a, the, it's a neat concept. Yeah, but, like, the, the, the very concept of stands is a concept that, by like, shouldn't really be limited by things like that. Because when you start limiting it, that it's just, like, it's less interesting, I guess. Like, oh, yeah. it's definitely that, safe to that say happens. that... That the stands, like, post-tarot cards, like, even, like, the Egyptian god stands are, like, far yeah. more interesting than the tarot card ones. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'll, I love some of those e- Egyptian stands. They're oh, yeah. The Egyptian god cards, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, and Abdul gives us some uh, good exposition, like, Tower of Grey has been responsible for mass killings, plane crashes, train derailments, fires. How does he know that? Because he's... Is Abdul, only... like, the the men in black, but for stands? Kind of. Like, his point in the story at this juncture is to, like, explain stands and, like, provide exposition about them. Because, like, eh, I guess the readers wouldn't really get it otherwise. I don't know. It's Whatever. so hard to put myself in, in that headspace just considering, like, how used to used to it I am at this point. Oh, yeah, pretend it's, like, 1986, and this is, like, the first time you've seen it. Yeah. At this point, a bug monster isn't even that weird, but I guess at the time, it's like, oh, that's a that's a bug thing. Yeah, that's a bug xenomorph. Was a- Yeah, Alien was out at this point. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I like, because the, the bug starts talking, <laughs> and that's weird. Um, I really like the line, even if you fired ten guns from only one mil- centimeter in front of me, none of them could touch my stand. Not that guns hurt a stand. Like, okay, <laughs> dick. What? <laughs> Stop talking. Ugh. And then let so, me start getting to the gross. This is. Oh, this, yeah, I this. bet you love this. I don't. So the beetle starts flying around the cabin and, like lines up like a four-person headshot and just like rips through four passengers and gets their tongues he's got like a tongue like, kebab it's disgusting uh, oh it's it's he <laughs> <laughs> bingo i've got the best part <laughs> this face this face is so good uh the the bug face the bug face is excellent oh. And then, using the blood from these tongues, writes massacre on the, like, wall of the plane. And, like, okay. That's a little corny. That's a little bit corny. I mean, that's part three in, like, a fucking nutshell. <laughs> a little bit corny. Um, and then Magician's Red tries to come out already looking much better than the weird yeah. monster we had before. Um... I sometimes wonder if Magician's Red was the first stand he ever drew. Because, like, I definitely get that vibe from it. It's, like, incredibly simple. Oh, yeah. It was, it's conceptually, like, it, it's made of fire. It's the fire stand. Yeah, and it okay. has. it's a person with a chicken head, like... Yeah, it's vaguely Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Kakyoin, the voice of reason... Uh, says, you can't use Magician's Red. It'll cause a panic for all these passengers, especially, like, this weird old man who we're focusing on for almost a whole a whole page. Like, what's what's with that? Ah, it doesn't matter. Um, and Kakyoin just, like, steps up. It's like, this calls for my stand. A more discreet stand. Like my Hierophant Green. Um, <laughs> and this, the weird pose he does, like, the one quarter killer queen almost yeah and 
does a does a really cool looking emerald splash. Like, oh god, this, uh, yeah. Again with this like beautiful like amazing drawing of this attack that still to this day I still feel like it's like the most overblown thing in the universe. Like <laughs> Oh yeah. It's just like it's basically here Fant Green basically has a gun. Yeah. Alright? <laughs> it's a it's a gun that can shoot stands. And then and then Whole Horse actually has a gun that can yeah. shoot stands, so that breaks down. Um, not the last time a stand is a gun. No. Not well, alright, so that last. other so alright, so this other instance is the stand is the bullets, but like, you know it's, that's neither it's here still, nor there. The stand is the gun and the bullets. Oh, oh no, I, no, you're I, talking about sex pistols. You're I'm talking, talking about sex pistols, yeah. Right, right. Ex- excuse <laughs> me. Um, so he misses the bug completely, and the bug uses its weird proboscis to, like, rip open Hierophant Green's, like, face mask, and he's got some lips under there. Yeah, it's like, strange. I never thought about Hierophant Green, like, having lips, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> it's weird. And Kakyoin just, like, basically is just like, oh, that didn't work. Oh, shit. All right. Emerald Splash 2. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is is it. This is my trick. I don't know other moves. This is is my strategy from now until the end of the manga. I hope it works sometimes. Oh, well. (laughs) Hint, hint. It never actually works. No, it never actually (laughs) works. Emerald Splash never fucking does anything. (laughs) Um, One of my favorite lines so far... Because uh, Tower Grey is ta- taunting Kakyo, and it's like, ha ha ha, soon you will go mad from the endless pain of your torn meat. <laughs> 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 the phrase That's torn really meat. good. Torn That's meat. excellent. <laughs> oh, yeah, my name's Meat Torn Meat. <laughs> I'm a detective. <laughs> oh, I would hire that detective. Um, but then after the second Emerald Splash doesn't do shit, uh, Kakyoin reveals his plan, which was to spear, um, Tower of Grey with, uh, Hierophant Green's tendrils and rip it apart. This is a kind of a cool move that Hierophant Green has. Yeah, and never does. (laughs) Yeah, again, just another example of Hierophant Green being, like, the most, like, like, had a lot of potential to be oh, a really sure. great stand, but I feel like it just never gotten got followed through enough. But I guess that's Kakyoin's character in a nutshell. Yeah, Kakyoin never really got like big fights. Like he especially since this. he gets written out of the story for like a fourth oh, of it. Yeah, he's gone for a bit. No spoilers, but he's gone for a bit. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was really stupid. Yeah, but he comes back cooler. Oh God, yeah. But and anyway. Again, yeah. Mad from joy, that is, for you see, my stand loves nothing more than to rip things to shreds. And then just rips apart this fucking bug like nobody's business, and it's cool. And then the uh, old man, who is clearly revealed to be the stand user, is in course. bad sorts. <laughs> yeah, so first off, uh, a chunk of his tongue is taken out because it's the beetle, and there's, then his tongue is split in half, and his tongue is really big and gross. And a part of his head just comes off as we move into uh, chapter 124. Like, yeah, I guess that's just kind of where it cuts. Yeah, he's just like, we open up the next chapter and like, his head is just like cracked open like a like a walnut. Just, uh, yeah, it's just missing. So right. uh, this is a good place to talk about the ch- chapter names going forward. So oh, from this yeah. point until the very, until... Like, I guess all the way through uh, Steel Ball Run, lesser so in Jojolian, but for the most part, the chapter names are o- almost always going to be Name of Stand, Part Blank. Yeah, Part 4 changes that up a little bit. A little, little bit. But that's but why for I say the for the part. most part. Yeah, like, I'm just looking through the chapter titles real quick, and now until... Whew, um, Wow. Uh, Susie Q visits her mother. Susie Q visits her child, or some something like that, and that's like oh yeah, Susie Q Joestar visits her daughter, chapter two hundred and forty six. What about shooting Dio? Chapter two ten. Oh, is that? Oh damn! Excuse me. Yeah, Jack. 
Oh, you skipped that one. Oh, man, you got me. <laughs> oh, so... man. But, yeah, so basically, uh, this is just indicative of now that now, from now on, uh, JoJo takes on, like, an arc format. Whereas, like, parts one and two were essentially, like, arcs within themselves, but mm-hmm. the JoJo parts become so much bigger now that they all have, like, little mini arcs that make up the whole part. So, yeah. that's just kind of, like, the new uh, the new format that we're dealing with here. And it's also a big yeah. part of why start part three takes forever because there are a million <laughs> fucking arcs and the oh thing never God. the thing never ends. <laughs> no, because it it does a thing that going forward we'll call stand of the week, where every 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 few weeks there's a new stand that they gotta fight and they fight it and it takes like four to five chapters. I think five is usually the average like. Obviously, there's some that go for, like, 11. There's a couple that are shorter than that. Um, But we're looking at, like, five-chapter arcs, and there's many of them. (laughs) Yep. And it's just kind of unfortunate because going back and having all of it to, like, read at your leisure, the Stand of the Week format, uh, it actually works pretty well because you just get a lot of different adventures and, like, things happening. But reading this week to week, I probably would have hated it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can you imagine, like sitting and waiting one chapter a week and and fucking have to sit through like six five six chapters of the duel like fuck that Ugh. yeah six (laughs) chapters of the fuck that the fact that the duel got two of six episodes in the ova still pisses me off (laughs) oh yeah and the fact that that was where the split was for the uh the anime it's just like oh man yeah there's just no I, I just hate i hate that whole thing i like iggy but that whole thing was just annoyed me on so many levels <laughs> yeah but there, there's there's a lot of good there's some good stuff in here like after this arc there's gonna be a couple stands that i really don't care about like dark blue moon don't care strength really don't care devil uh, but once we start getting into like emperor and hangman empress like justice uh oh no then we do death 13 which is the best oh my god death 13 animated was was just magical death 13 is definitely one of the best stand encounters in all of part three like... oh it's not wheel of fortune <laughs> <laughs> it's a car it's a fucking car anyway and it drives at them <laughs> anyway we're gonna get there so yeah so we come back to our current chapter where the old man is, like, dead, his tongue is split in half, his eyes are all over the place, head is open, and they're yeah. just like, <laughs> he's always been a criminal stand. Tower of Grey <laughs> is just a thief. <laughs> and, oh, man. Joey, like, because the plane take, starts taking a tumble, and Joey's like, I got this. Um, the stewardess try to stop him, but then Jorts is just standing there being handsome, and they let Joey go into the cockpit. <laughs> oh, God. The treatment of women in this just hurts me. <laughs> yeah, and how do they know his name is JoJo? Because he just they just say JoJo. I don't That's know. weird. <sighs> That's weird. Then um, we get to ca- the pilot, and all the pilots are dead. Pilots are dead, their tongue meats have been ripped out, and the old man is still not yet dead, but he's exploding blood. And you'll never like make that. it to Lord Dio! <laughs> oh, I have two tongues. Oh, you're still 6,000 miles from Egypt. Oh, Fucking oh, Joey's oh. just like, not a tongue in sight. <laughs> oh my god, that was another great line. Not a tongue in sight. Like, this is still Joseph Joestar. All right, I, I this speaking of Joseph Joestar, I really have to get this out while I'm thinking sure, about sure, it. Sure. Is I was watching Dragon Ball Super yesterday, and I learned something very important. In that mm-hmm. Mr. Satan and Joseph Joestar, old Joseph Joestar, Sarah voice actor, and if like that's not the most perfect <laughs> thing in the universe, like I don't know what is. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, man, that's a great little fact. It's it, it's it's perfect. But anyway, yeah, that's, a, that's a fun fact. Yeah, so the old guy is, like, screaming a whole bunch of nonsense. Then he finally dies. Um, Jotaro compliments the uh, the flight crew on not screaming. It's just like, oh, scream out of you. I like it. <laughs> you crew are real pros. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, old man's gonna land this plane in the ocean, right? Yes, I do have experience with prop planes. <laughs> Calculations. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> 
It's so cartoony. And Josara, this is the this is the third time I've been in a plane crash. Am I cursed? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this this panel that their three heads just like weirdly juxtaposed, like <laughs> like oh boy. Uh, and the plane is like crashing sideways. Because <laughs> the first time was like way back when uh, he was on a plane that was like hijacked. And then when he crashed the plane into the volcano. And now. So he's had a pretty eventful life. Oh, yeah. Um, so he crashes the plane into the water. And. One of, yeah, one you know, of these they landed safely. Yeah, one of these passengers in the water looks like Jerry Seinfeld. But. <laughs> Like, you see that? <laughs> yeah, see that? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they decide that they can't fly a plane to Egypt because this is going to happen again. And maybe all of the passengers will die. And they can't have that because plot. Um, right. They need, there needs to be an adventure here. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, where are they? Oh, they're in Hong Kong. Uh, having having Going to have a nice meal at a place right next to a 7-Eleven. Perfect. Yep. And a mild um, seven. <laughs> mild seven. What no, is a... I, I can't have the strong seven today. My doctor I, said I couldn't. I, know, I, I gotta stick to mi- a mild seven. Mild seven. Um, so they're talking about how they're going to have to get to Egypt if they can't fly. They're like, oh, we'll just take a boat. People were able to go around the world in 80 days back in Jules Verne time. That was the book I read. <laughs> So they just yeah fine taking yeah. a boat. I I want to point out in the one, in uh, the, one of the bottom panels after Abdul says the life of Mrs. Cujo is in grave danger. We have to keep that in mind. Uh, Joey looks like Adam Jensen from Deus Ex. Oh my God! Look look at his face and tell me yeah, that he does. Yeah, that's that's really good. <laughs> that's a pretty strong thumbnail. I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah, that, that's a shoe in. Um, yeah, so they gotta take a boat all the way around, take the Silk Road. Um, Kakyoin is a knowledgeable boy and teaches Jotaro how to order tea in Hong Kong. <laughs> and then, uh, who shows up here? Oh, we get introduced uh... to, like, a new character, but I just, like, th- uh, this this whole thing with the tea, like, points out something about Kakyoin's character I noticed, like, this part, he's, like, he's just, like, a dickhead tourist. He's just, like... <laughs> Look all I know about the Chinese culture. <laughs> Look how cultured I am. <laughs> Shut up, Kakyoin. But anyway, yeah. this is when we get introduced to our new character. And like, spoiler, spoilers, he's the he's the uh, fifth and final addition to the... He's the fifth and final Stardust Crusader. Uh, John-Pierre Polnareff, our friend. John-Pierre John Eiffel. Well, no, shut he's up. not the final, because we get Iggy. Oh, right, yeah. I, uh, sorry, Iggy. sorry, Iggy. So he's yeah. the, he's the fifth Stardust Crusader. Yeah. And this first uh, uh, drawing of him is fucking terrible. What a shock! It kind of looks like bad Vegeta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, l- a little bit. It's though it's like if Vegeta like like just took a knife to the top of his hair. Yeah, and just but gave kept the, but a kept the top. same widow's peak. Like <laughs> yeah. And then immediately drawn way better. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's just like this one panel is just horrendous. Yeah, um, and this guy comes up, is like, I'm oh, sorry, I'm from France. I can you help me read the menu? <laughs> and Jotaro <laughs> tells him to fuck off. But Joey is a nice boy and tries to order some uh, some good food for the table and ends up screwing up a lot. <laughs> he tried to order like shrimp, some duck, and mushrooms. And ended up with shellfish, fried frog, rice soup, and just a whole fish. Joseph's like, another shitty tourist. Yeah, even like worse, the... he's a shitty American tourist. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> I like just totally wrong at the bottom of that yeah. whole thing. <laughs> so, they order the food. Um, and Polnareff is here, and he pulls out a little uh, carrot star. Like, oh yeah... I got a friend with a mark just like this on his back. Oh, and, shit. And everyone has cool eye-catch panels, and then the rice soup explodes as a Kakyo fucking sword you, comes out of it. You're an enemy. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Mr. Joestar, look out. It's a stand. <laughs> 
and this is just another example of uh, a Rocky conveniently using Joey's uh, robot hand to show show him getting injured. But it's cool though. <laughs> yeah, because they do not yet have a healer and won't have a healer, so they can only get injured in non-fatal ways. Yep. And Ab- this is, like, the coolest picture of Abdul and Magician's Red we've had so far. Oh, yeah, like, it's sick. It's very cool. Um, Magician's Red, like, shoots fire at the sword, because we don't see the whole stand yet. We just see the sword. It's more like a rapier or an epee. Um, but sword just swirls a fire around and we see the whole stand now and this is silver fucking chariot this panel rules like it's everything so cool. about this is awesome it's this, this is like is the like, like the best character reveal in the series like so far oh like, absolutely this is like and spectacular like, some of the few times that silver chariot does not look terrified <laughs> Because <laughs> we can't see his eyes. Yeah, the fire in his eyes makes him look a lot more intimidating than he actually is. Yeah. Because regular Civil Chariot is actually just like a sweetheart. Yeah, he's so cute. <laughs> um, so Silver Chariot has the fire on his sword somehow. And then shoots it at the tipped over table and makes a clock out of it. Why? Because Polnareff wanted to look cool. Yep, because Polnareff is a huge dick and... This is Silver Chariot, and this is Jean-Pierre Polnareff, and there's going to be some uh, some shenanigans. But this is where we're gonna this is where we're gonna drop. Yeah. We're gonna leave our Crusaders for now, right here. Yeah, we're gonna going forward. We're gonna try to like uh, do chunks that make sense. Like if there's an arc, we'll try to like cover only like half of that arc, and not try to do like anything else it's a little rough right now but we're gonna we we're gonna had to get we had out. to get through those uh beginning chapters that were a little, yeah uh, absolutely a little loose yeah and that's a that's a cool panel of polnareff's face it's very well shaded i like it yeah it's all good but anyways jack why don't you tell him about uh well you know now that we don't have a uh, diamond is unbreakable to cover in our second half of our show every week we're gonna find some new and exciting things to take a look yeah, at so People who have only read JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in English or have only watched the anime, great, perfect. But Araki has made many side stories that deal with and around the JoJo universe and a lot that don't. Today we're going to be talking about a story called Dead Man's Questions. Now, this was published, first published in 1999 in a magazine called Almond, and then was later published in 2005 in a collection called Under Execution, Under Jailbreak. We'll talk about like the other stories in there another time. But this is a three-chapter story, and it's really cool. So we wanted to like give it its due, because we have no anime to talk about. Nope, and... so this is the Wild West of What a Beautiful Podcast right now. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Pull so... up a chair, it's going to be a mess. <laughs> So, as always, you can read this on Batoto, um, and if you can, please support Araki by bro- buying either the Jojoniums, the original Ultra Jump publishings, but this is not something that was published in English, so I don't really feel bad about telling people to read it on Batoto. Maybe it'll get published in English once upon a time. I actually I own it in Japanese, so I don't feel bad. Rohan at the Louvre got published, so you never know. Anything, yeah. anything is possible, but yeah, you know, support the original releases and all that, but this, uh, this is your only option to read this, so let's, uh, yeah. let's get into it. Yeah, so first, we're treated to a very cool cover page of this guy in, like, a fresh suit. He's got a lot of stuff, like, on his suit, kind of, like, elements from the story that we'll see later, but we don't know yet who this man is. He's just, he's just a dude in a cool suit. got a funny suit. hat. It's a nice bowler hat. He looks cool. Yeah. Um, and you'll notice that the art style is very part five because this was published immediately after part five finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got a lot of that same, like, fashion stuff going on. And a oh, lot, also sure. a lot of that same, like, like super slender uh, character designs and, like, o- very over-the-top uh, body movement. Oh, yeah. Um, so we just see this guy hanging out. He's narrating his day to us, like... He's walking, walking down the street, trying not to bump any, into anyone. He's going into a bookstore. Uh, he's commenting on this book called, called The Elephant Who Lost His Nose. And he's thinking to himself, oh, why in the world would he lose his nose? 
Um, but his goal here in the bookstore is to get a magazine. Um, doesn't matter which one, but it just needs to have a picture of a person in it. We don't know why yet. Um, and he rips out the page. And the storekeeper is there and doesn't see him do this. That's weird. And the security camera sees him do this. And that's strange. Um, whatever. And now he needs to find a phone. Somehow. Like, he needs to find an apartment that has a phone. Which is strange. Like All strange um, so far. Everything's strange. Yeah, it wouldn't be an Iraqi story if things weren't strange. Um, so he needs to borrow a phone because he doesn't have a cell phone or even cash. Like, not a single yen. So he goes to this apartment, rings the doorbell, does a really cool trick with this picture of this uh, delivery guy he found in a magazine, and just holds it up to, like, the the uh the eye hole of the apartment door <laughs> it just looks like someone's there with a delivery and this would not work no <laughs> absolutely absolutely not no but it looks really convincing in the manga and tries to convince the person in the apartment uh that they ordered something from a department store and he's here to deliver it and the person in there is like ah oh, we didn't order shit how'd you get all the way up here <laughs> the supervisor he, he should have been on the for- for- first floor well, nah didn't run into him that's strange. I don't remember buying anything at, at his apartment, apartment store. And it just they go back and forth. It's like, are you f- refusing to receive this package? Like, yeah. So the guy's like, you need to, you need to, I need your stamp on the signature. Like, it's part of my job. I just need you to, you need to like, open the door. And it's kind of getting weird now. It's like, why is he trying to get into this apartment so bad? And eventually the person in the apartment's like, yeah, just... Just slide it into the mail slot. You can put it through there. And that wording is very important. Because as soon as we see it's a woman in the apartment. And as soon as she says that, the man disappears and reappears in the apartment. Very strange. Really strange. Like, we (laughs) still don't know what's going on. This woman is rightfully very concerned. Yeah, she just got out of the shower, and even though the man is right there, she can't see him. Nope. Not not at all. And that's weird. Very, very strange. And the guy's like, oh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just watch her for a little bit. Like, maybe that would be cool, right? She just got out of the shower. I'm like, all right. Oh, take, a, take, a, take a peek. You know, nothing yeah. weird. Nothing nothing weird. Yeah, I'm here. It's fine. Um, And he tries to find a phone, because he is comments like there's not too many phones that too many houses that have a phone out in the hall anymore when i while i was alive every house had at least one phone at the front door what's that mean (laughs) oh what (laughs) what does this turns out this man is a ghost what what kind of ghost is he and we see him try to get into another room with a phone but because there's a person in there he needs to receive permission from the resident before he can come in like he's playing by old school vampire rules and like can't go into a place that has a person in it that doesn't let him in that's why it was important to like get the lady to let him into the apartment right and we see him go through a door which is man rocky is really good at drawing people like slurping into doors like some of the art in this is exquisite like hmm um so it goes into it goes into another room with a phone and sees that book he was talking about before is like what this book just following me around do people like this whatever (laughs) and gets the phone and tries to uh tries to make the phone call and he's talking about after today's job is over i'd like to look for a room like this somewhere a room with a good view where i could draw pictures of flowers and read without being blown away by the wind where no one will start rumors like, there's a ghost here. <laughs> or I could have a sound system and enjoy the music of Wagner without using headphones. Excuse gotta, me, it's got, Wagner? Va- I'll give you a Wagner, Jack. <laughs> oh, I bet you will. <laughs> um, and so this guy has got a problem with headphones. What is his deal? I mean, maybe he's just tired of using ghost headphones. The fidelity on those can't be too high. He's not running flax, man? Like, come on. <laughs> 
and he looks out the window and we see what we can only assume to be other ghosts like deformed heads yeah, these on are the not good looking ghosts these are not uh go- these ghosts are not decked in full gucci these are no. uh, these are the bad ghosts <laughs> These are the bad ghosts who have hidden themselves away from people and therefore have started to, like, decompose like ghosts can. So this half of this guy's head is gone and he's just crouching in the street. There's half a woman in this tree and it's not a good scene. But he's... he. <laughs> but just how are you supposed to borrow an apartment from a living person? <sighs> and he gets real mad because... Uh, whoever he's trying to call is not picking up the phone. And if if I could just speak to him, my job would be over. What to do? Um, so all we know so far is that he needs to get in contact with this person somehow. Um, and he goes back into the kitchen of this apartment because somehow he needs a knife to, to finish his job. And there's a dog there. And that's not good because dogs can see ghosts. Did you know that? I didn't is know that. that a, dogs is that like could... a real superstition? Uh, usually it's a trope in ghost stories that like cats, dogs, like young children can like sense or see ghosts. Oh, that's it's... that's funny. I never really thought about that too much. Yeah, it's it's just like one of those horror things. Yeah. Um, and so the ghost immediately sees our dude right here and leaps at him and somehow is able to uh well, he doesn't doesn't bite him yet, but our ghost man falls through the lady who just got out of the shower, and it fucks super hard with his spirit body as the dog chomps right into his leg. There's a lot and, of bad happening to him right now. Oh, yeah. Again, really good art, because this guy is, like, half in this lady, like, perpendicular to her torso, and his spirit leg just got ripped off by a dog. Um... She still doesn't notice that he's in the apartment, but the dog is freaking out and is like, what's going on? What are you, what are you barking at? Um, and our ghost friend needs to get to his arm and leg so he can finish his job and I guess like put them back on and like is kind of, kind of stuck. Just as the dog leaps at him again, he's able to, uh, schlorp into uh the closet because the lady just opens the closet and the dog just like fucking head first into this wall and just (laughs) just bonk and that's that's what the sound effect says it says bonk bonk great bonk um and so our ghost friend like hobbles out of this place like reattaches his arm and leg somehow because i guess when you're a ghost that's fine um and we cut to this other man who's sitting in uh, an apartment. Uh, I don't like this guy. This is a really bad, bad man. Oh, this is a horrible man. This is one of the worst men. Um, and who hears a knocking noise at his window and freaks out. And there's just a bunch of birds out there. And he's like, oh, there's just, there's just pigeons. Whatever. And we see that he's barricaded the door to his room. Like, this is a man that does not want to leave his room. That's just, like, st- staying the course. And he looks at the clock and starts laughing, like, wildly. Like, why is he doing that? We come to find out. We saw at the beginning of uh, the chapter that our ghost friend was reading a paper over the shoulder of someone on a train. And the headline was, Child Murder Case of Oak Tree Hill 15 Years Ago. Uh, Prescription Establishes at Midnight. That's not a good translation. What they meant to say was statute of limitations, like, up at midnight right so, right that makes more sense yeah it may <laughs> i don't know how they got prescription establishes <laughs> at mo- at midnight it's like a fa- fine day for pontooning or something um so if he can make it to midnight he's free and clear like the no one will be able to charge him for this crime so he's just sticking it out in in the apartment and he says this because he sees a piece of paper a piece of newspaper like on the fence outside his apartment's like oh yeah that's me out there (laughs) weird right um and in his hubris screams at the heavens pigeons or police or whatever try to get me if you can and then our ghost friend is right there is like thank you if you've given me permission i'm coming in and through the window 
just throttles this murder murderer like slurps through the window and has the knife and just stabs him right in the back yep. and kills him and as the blood leaves his body I'm, we get our I'm twist gonna, i'm just gonna read this out my name is kirio shikage i can't remember when or how i died one thing i can say is i feel certain i will not go to heaven what am i to do from here i don't have the answer to that but if time continues forever i may find some sort of happiness by making my job my purpose for living so this is our good good friend kiri yoshikage he's yeah. a ghost and he's basically a ghost cop what and a <laughs> what a what a what a change of career our friend yeah. mr kira has had since his uh, since his days when he was alive oh yeah he he's taking a turn um and he says to this dying murderer basically i've come to send you home your time is up my work was to put you to shame at your happiest moment i guess you can be on the newspaper again and on this uh guy's cell phone calls someone's like hey you should call the police see ya <laughs> and leaves the apartment and he sees that like oh this was the same apartment i was in before neat <laughs> oh well and just floats away like a ghost trying to see like oh, where am i gonna sleep tonight yeah well oh well he's a ghost but yeah this is this is dead man's questions and how how this proceeds from here we see kira going about his ghost life like he's basically narrating like what he has to do because he's a ghost and he's like i gotta hide money in pillars like in the cracks between building blocks because i don't i don't have pockets i don't have ghost <laughs> pockets for real money um they rocky really plays with the uh what a ghost can and cannot do sort of <laughs> rules here doesn't necessarily yeah, make really a lot cool. of sense it's very cool there's not really any sort of logic to it it's just kind of mm -hmm. like is or is not depending on how he felt and, oh absolutely you know, it does kind of like beg the question as to what exactly happened to kira when he got uh ripped apart by the the satan arms but like yeah it's probably just like not worth really thinking about too much because it doesn't really seem to me like like a rocky thought about it all that much so no i mean the whole conceit was like if you get taken by these hands you won't go to heaven or hell like if you use a death note or something yeah um and like yeah he's not in heaven or hell he's kind of just stuck on earth which is a pretty pretty bad fate um and he buys two tickets on the bullet train because he doesn't want to sit next to anyone and rips up the tickets because as long as the seats are reserved whatever who cares and we get a very uh reminiscent a, a good panel reminiscent of the time where he was eating in the park in mariah just him staring out the window of the train like is there anything more important than that in this world to gaze at the brilliant blue sky and enjoy the view like this is definitely still kira oh like, yeah 100 percent. Mm -hmm. he doesn't really know who he is or anything about his past life but he's still like pretty much the same guy just in weird spirit form yeah and time has definitely passed because the train goes by a restaurant where only women are eating and he thinks this is weird enough to comment on it it's like that's strange I only see women where do the men eat their lunch there's no way they could go without lunch how was it when i was alive because <laughs> he has no memory of him being alive or like what he was like when he was alive and then suddenly a backpack comes down onto his legs and this shitty kid right next to him is just screaming at his mom to buy him ice cream because he's a shitty kid and that's how Araki draws kids yeah basically uh, mm-hmm and is sitting in one of Kira's seats as the train can one of the uh train people come up is like can I check your reservation tickets and the mom is being all shitty it's like those seats are open nobody's sitting there my shit kid skin will burn and the sun's lighter over there and then <laughs> we don't see Kira do this but he like decks the kid in the face um and takes his arm <laughs> Oh, oh man. making him shove the shoe down his throat he's making him eat his own shoe what the fuck <laughs> i love it so much kira's still the worst but like 
we get this glorious panel of this shitty brat like eating his own shoe <laughs> and that's as his mom is trying to get him to stop and he's just shoving the whole thing like down there like kira makes the tray table come up and uppercut the mom it's it's really good ah and he's just contemplating like when a mother bears a child where does the child's spirit come from is it from the mother or is it something else uh because all he has to do these days is just think contemplate everything Mm-hmm. And you'll notice this, that when you read this, there is just a lot of exposition and a lot of dial, just like a lot, a lot more words than I you usually see in a manga. Oh like, yeah, just just half the panels are just covered in words. It's mostly just Kira monologuing. Yeah, and, it's like, pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely a a very different sort of sort of thing for Rocky to do, and it's very yeah. interesting. Especially in the middle of, like, Weekly JoJo, which was not like this. He, he no. used these short stories to kind of, like, flex his flex creativity. Flex his writing muscles a little bit. Yeah, to see, like, what he wanted to do. Um, and so Kira is at this temple where this bald monk lady is, is the one giving him targets for his job. And she's given him this target, uh, a soldier. Is that, the, is that the Sorcerer Supreme from Doctor Strange? Oh. Uh, all right so tilda swinton yeah uh, is gives him his jobs and gives him a jobs like here's the address we already know where it's at you won't need to go looking for the target i just leave the method up to you and kira's like well come on what (laughs) that's not how this works i don't really care if the target is a good person or a bad person but if i happen to kill the wrong person you're the one who's gonna feel bad still kira (laughs) it's still kira yeah um and the twist here is do you know about mansion ghosts <laughs> ghost what is, mansions what is what? a mansion ghost no and it turns out that uh this soldier's house towards the end of the pacific war which i guess is what they call world war Two. <laughs> all right guys i, I guess fine i guess um, they just like pretend like the rest of it didn't happen the pacific war sure yeah um <laughs> this soldier's house was blown up and even the officer lived 50 years after the war and he lived a long life and died later but the officer's mansion still exists because it's now a ghost and all kira can think about is like does, does it have a good view what do the television do the television stations don't find out like it's it's a ghost house really and he's just thinking about like moving right in because, like, this is perfect for him. Um, and he, the, the monk lady questions, like, why he doesn't move on to the netherworld. And Kira's like, I'm, you, you're the one using me. I'm just doing your jobs. I don't care about justice or evil. Like, what if the afterlife doesn't exist? <laughs> I say this as a ghost. <laughs> like... <laughs> As a ghost that is literally among you, I am dead, yet here I am, so... Yeah, I don't really have a leg to stand on here. Um, also, what's cool, like, there's a couple shots that show the back of Kira's head, and there's, like, an emblem, like, bolted into his head that's just got, like, a little skull, like, the symbol for the Dead Man's Question story. It, it's a neat, neat thing. Like, yeah. Like, just signifying that he's a ghost. And so, he goes to the address, and I'm like, oh... The house isn't here. That's weird. And then looks down an alleyway, and there's a door that's ajar, just coming out of the side of a house. And this is some seriously like impressive drawing talent and skill and practice. Oh yeah, the perspective going on here is insane. Yeah. So this house like inflates out of this alleyway, and kind of like Thirteen Grimald Place in Harry Potter, but way cooler. Yeah. Um. And Kira's just in awe because it's this entire house and it's full of things. Like, he rushes in and, like, there's lamps and tools and uh, shoes that are just, like, made of spirit. Like, they're all things that he can interact with, like, and use. Um, Even the fire that he makes out of a match, like is made of ghost because he tries to light other stuff on fire but it doesn't work because it's 
ghost fire i don't know don't think too hard about it again cool. yeah this is going back to playing fast and loose with these uh these ghost rules yeah um and he's going through them and it's like oh my god all these old books that i love like the silverware knives and treasures and he opens a cabinet and all these weird eggs fall out <laughs> and some splat on the table and start leaking out egg goop and it's like oh that's weird and he sees there's a bunch more eggs in there and the eggs <laughs> don't stop <laughs> the eggs don't stop and final chapter chapter three is like an egg of what is it a ghost egg what's going on here um and touches a couple of the eggs just uh seeing what's going on um and it's like oh there aren't any other like ghost food items that's weird um no one else has been here like why are the why are these eggs like the only food thing here and then he's holding one of the eggs and it starts to move and what's going other, on this egg yeah the other eggs on the table like are starting to move too and the table is starting to turn into something weird um so he's looking around and he hears a cracking sound and he realizes that the eggs in his pocket are hatching and he takes out the knife he grabbed before rips off the pocket of his nice gucci suit and like ah, rest in peace um the eggs roll away and shatter and stuff starts coming out of him and what what is this stuff what is what is this what is this guy Ugh. Uh, 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 well. how, how do you how do you describe it all right like, <sighs> how do you what? describe what this is jack i I'm don't trying, know i'm trying I can't to find think. the words all right so it's got man arms all right <laughs> it's got man arms um and it's kind of oh man this is tough like if you took a salamander and like squished it lengthwise so you have like a really fat salamander and it's got like but, teeth on its underbelly no it's got teeth on the front of its head oh like, that's the front of its head yeah it's like the same thing like if you're if half of your jaw was like on your forehead and the other half was like in the middle of your of the top of your head like imagine that for a second how weird that is i'm having trouble but yeah so these things start eating kira and start eating the rest of like the spirit house and for some reason as they eat the table it starts turning into bugs and that's not cool and kira freaks out and uh, is able to stab the creature in his arm that's eating him with the ghost knife and that works because i sure whatever um so these things are spirit cleaners <laughs> they're i like they're trying to clean up this entire house and because kira touched them like they're targeting him because he's also a spirit uh so yeah <laughs> and it's so it's weird it's really weird <laughs> and they're amazing like action panels of as kira cuts off his own ghost arm as the weird salamander thing still is still eating it and runs away um oh man yeah these things have man arms and like kangaroo legs araki is really good at creature design so um, kira gets himself a gun and i love this panel of him like with the sound effect behind him like just like holding the gun out that that's another good thumbnail right there oh god yeah um he's definitely araki is definitely channeling like dirty harry or like uh the good the bad the ugly here like yeah oof um because the, the whoever owned the guy that owned the house before this like had a gun and now it's a ghost gun and kira can use it so and he just like shoots the shit out of these guys oh man i was like wait this looks really familiar and i realized like this is basically like Foo Fighters right here. Like Foo yeah. Fighters pulls off the same move, like shooting. Oh, and uh, Mista too. Like anyone who uses a gun in JoJo, like part past part four, does this like, thing where they basically aura aura but with the gun, <laughs> aura aura with bullets. Yeah. So he's able to like take out four or five of these creatures and leaps out the win out of the window of the ghost room he was in. 
and he looks down at what he fell on and realizes that he broke like all these records that he would want to listen to like mozart mozart's piano concerto 27 schubert's swan song it's like oh man i wanted to listen to these ah and as the chapter comes to a close my name is kiri yoshikage i can't remember when or how i died but one thing i can say is i feel certain i will not go to heaven what am i to do from here i don't have the answer to that but if time continues forever i may find some sort of happiness by making my job my purpose for living just the same the same monologue from before but now he's slowly walking down this street back to uh tilda swinton with this gun and this big old box of bullets he found (laughs) he's mad he's super mad and he just ends like it's uh it's a shame they took my left arm i wonder if that monk woman's would stick instead my what a beautiful blue sky where should i rest tonight and that's just that's the end that's the end and it's so cool like there's so many questions from this like maybe some dead man questions huh (laughs) but like i i love like looking at like all these different side stories and this is one of my favorites like not even just because it has kira in it but just like the concepts that araki like sticks out in here like mm, i love it it just like flexing that horror muscle like what what do you think it's what do i think i i love it i thought it was great like as far as like the collection under execution under jailbreak, I think I might like the Rohan story like a little more. <laughs> well, the like... Rohan story has the popcorn scene, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and we'll get there. But and I, I definitely, I definitely think this is great though. It was good to see Kira again, and like good mm-hmm. to see, uh, good to see like another like interpretation of his character, basically showing like. Showing, like, even though he doesn't remember who he is, this guy is fucked by nature so hard that mm-hmm. even his, like, like amnesic ghost can't can't help himself but be a huge asshole. Yeah, he he's still not a good person, even in ghost form. And we're left to wonder, like, what's he gonna do? Yeah, hmm. Who can say? I definitely love the way that Iraqi plays fast and loose with these ghost rules. I think it's super oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> it's like it definitely fast... has a uh, a making it up as he goes kind of feel to it, and like I oh, actually yeah. enjoy that. It's the Outback Steakhouse way of writing: no rules, just right. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Jack, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like maybe Iraqi went to like Japanese Outback. Did he get himself a blooming onion while he was writing this, like. I mean, can can you can you imagine Iraqi just like chowing down, <laughs> yummying down on a big old blooming onion, just like I don't want to like like just blooming onions are greasy, man. Kind of hard to write while you're uh, while you're yummying on a on one of those things. Like it's <laughs> it's pretty yeah yeah. They're I like mean, like blooming onions are kind of gross. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I've never actually had one, but like oh I yeah, love they're the like concept. not that great. <laughs> But it's yeah, kind of like was... it's just kind of like eating like a like a salty like it's just salt salty crunch yeah it's a salty crunch indeed but yeah that was uh, that was dead man's questions hope you yeah. guys en- hope you guys enjoyed us like going going through it a little bit yeah it's a little bit like deeper and more in depth than we usually go on stuff but like it it, it deserves it and we're still figuring out like how to best spend this time like. No more Triple Joe episodes, so when Jojolian comes along, obviously we'll just replace whatever we're gonna do, and we're just gonna have fun with it. And yeah. like, it's gonna be good off. time, good times had all around. And you know, Stardust Crusaders, uh, it's like we're here until we're dead. So let's go, baby. Yeah, yeah we can <laughs> afford to take our time. Like I'm, I'm not trying to do an hour of Stardust Crusaders every week. I don't think people. No, would like I don't to think hear you want to listen to an hour of Stardust Crusaders every week. <laughs> no, you know, I would, I would just like not be good at the end of that. I'd just be like, oh, and then they fight another stand, and this one's weird surprise. Oh yeah, and like hundred percent when we get to the. Uh... When we get to the Oingo Boingo Brothers, we have oh. to uh, we have to go through the uh, the Oingo Boingo Brothers adventure. 
Oh my god. <laughs> we got to play some of the uh the ending from that ep- from those episodes. Oh god, but this this little one shot that's that's of their spirit manga is like mm-hmm. hysterical. But oh, we'll yeah. we'll get to that. We'll get there. There's some great parts of uh Starters Crusaders. Yeah, there's that's a lot like... of fun adventures ahead. But uh well, yeah. anyway, guys, you know the drill. Thank you so much for listening to our wonderful wonderful little show. What a beautiful podcast. If you're Coming straight from that subreddit, thank you. We love mm-hmm. you. If you're coming straight from iTunes, thank you. We love you. If you're coming straight from Google Play, thank you, and we love you. And if you're coming <laughs> straight from the SoundCloud, thank you, and we love you. Long story <laughs> short, we love you all, and we hope you'll join us next week. Isn't that right, Jack? Oh, I, I, I love everyone, and we'll see you next week, guys. Thanks again for listening. Later. <laughs> We'll be right back.